0: In John chapter four, Jesus describes the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Verses 23 and 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now for the next few minutes, stay tuned to worship in spirit and truth with Pastor Jeff Scoggins.
1: Let's bow our heads before we begin. Our kind Heavenly Father, it is a special day today, the day when we partake in the, the emblems, the ceremony, that you gave us just before your death. I pray right now that as we spend a few minutes just looking at the events that surrounded that, that that night, I pray that we would see ourselves in this picture, in the places that you want us to see it. And that we would see you as our example, in the way that you intend for us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thirteen men crowded up the stairs, a a set of stairs that would have been had plenty of room for all of them easily if they hadn't been pushing and shoving each other, jockeying for position. But as it was, they almost didn't fit. At the top of the stairs, they pushed into the room, and in the center of the room was a, a low table, the way that they used back then, surrounded not by chairs the way that we're used to, but surrounded by cushions and carpets. The table was set for a meal. In the corner was a basin of water and a towel. The men continued to push and to shove until they had each found a spot all the while maintaining an air of of politeness you know how that works right the men glared at each other across the table as though there was some secret quarrel going on between them that none of them would admit existed even to themselves. As they settled back on the comfortable pillows, they, as their custom was, they stretched their feet outward. And then, as they glanced toward the corner of the room with the basin and the towel, they noticed that something was missing. Something that was supposed to be there was not there. Usually, In that corner stood a servant who had the unenviable task of going around the room and removing the sandals of each of the men around the table and washing the street grime from their feet. It was a job uh, reserved only for foreign slaves. It was the bottom of the ladder. The instant that each of the men realized that there was no servant in the room, I imagine them quickly pulling up their feet as though the thought had never entered their mind that maybe their feet should be washed. But instantly the the tension in the room swelled. You see, the reason that they had been politely pushing and shoving each other, was because ever since they had started their trip to the house, they had been trying to get close to Jesus. What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with trying to get close to Jesus. Shouldn't I want to be close to Jesus? They each reasoned to themselves. But inside, their, their motives weren't, weren't pure. Their desire for closeness stemmed more from a desire for honor than for love. But you see, there something was in the air. Something was going on. Something was about to happen. And they each assumed that it was Jesus was about to take his rightful place on the throne of Israel and throw out the Romans. And they wanted to be there. As close to him as possible when that happened. Judas had managed to stick close to Jesus' left side. And John had managed to stick close to Jesus' right side. Because they, they coveted those positions more than the others did. But that did not stop the others from noticing And resenting what Judas and John had accomplished. (laughs) In fact, it made them feel a whole lot better about their own personal ambitions, you know? They at least were not acting on their ambitions. They at least weren't acting like those two, the nerve. They hoped that Jesus would notice and shame Judas and John, and by so doing would, you know, honor them for their restraint and their unselfishness. But now a new element had sprung upon them when they noticed the lack of the servant. They knew the customs, they knew the way things were supposed to work. They knew that in the event that there was no servant available, then the task fell to one of them, the least one of them, whoever that was. And whoever it was, each of the disciples around the table knew two people that it was not. It was not Jesus' job, and it's not mine. Therefore, it has to be one of the other disciples. And I imagine Jesus looking at each one of the disciples in the eye, silently giving him the opportunity to become the servant and wash the other's feet. And I think each disciple understood the silent invitation. And he ignored it. As though he had the faintest idea that anything was wrong. Servant? What servant? What do we need a servant for? Food's all here. One thing was sure. No one was going to humble himself, humiliate himself before the others to do the demeaning work of a foreign slave. By washing the feet of the hypocrites who could think of nothing but themselves, and how they should have the position of honor. Finally, Jesus stood up and walked over to the corner and wrapped the towel around himself and picked up the basin. And he walked over and he, he knelt down in front of Judas. And Judas's heart sank. This was wrong. <laughs> this was just wrong. But he didn't speak, and he, and he bit his lip to keep the tears from coming. And then Jesus went to John. And John also bit his lip to keep the tears from coming. He was, he was cut to the heart knowing his own ambitions. And Jesus went around that table one by one until he came to Peter. Now, Peter, Peter had had a little chance to collect himself as Jesus had gone around the table. And so he was ready for Jesus. John chapter 13, verse 6. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash My feet. Jesus replied. You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, then you have no part with me. And you remember Peter's reply, right? Then, then then, don't just wash my feet, exclaimed Peter. You see, <laughs> Peter was determined to rescue the situation by turning a humiliating duty into a symbolic gesture more worthy of Jesus' position as God. But Jesus categorically refused to allow that. There would be no getting away from the reality that the kingdom of God was based upon humility and service. And what Peter didn't see at the time was that Jesus had just turned a humiliating experience into something that could never again be called humiliating. Humbling? absolutely by design but humiliating never again verse 12 do you understand what I have done for you he asked them you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so for that is what I am so now that I Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you that you should do as I have done. For you, I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And the disciples' hearts were touched by the humility of their master. And each one of them around that table accepted and determined in their hearts to follow Jesus' example. all except for Judas, who determined in his heart to reject it, to not be a servant. The communion service, commemorating Christ's death on our behalf, is a solemn occasion. One that suggests that we search our own hearts to see what sin we are harboring within us. If there's anything between you and someone else, why not take this opportunity to make things right with that person insofar as it's possible for you? And then to come and take part in the symbols of Christ's forgiveness you, and accept his ultimate sacrifice for you by following his example of humility. As Seventh-day Adventists, we take this first part of the communion service seriously. When Jesus says, do as I have done for you, we do for each other.
0: Thank you for joining Pastor Jeff Scoggins today for Worship in Spirit and Truth. We would love to hear your thoughts about the program and your financial support is also greatly appreciated so that we can continue bringing you these kinds of programs. Tell your friends they can find the program Spirit and Truth right here on this station. Stay tuned for contact information and more details from your local station to follow. Until next time, keep your mind fixed on Jesus.
1: This is Pastor Jeff Scoggins. Thank you for listening to Spirit and Truth. Often listeners contact me or the station wanting to know how to get a copy of a specific program or more information. All of these programs are archived as podcasts, and many of them are on video as well. You can find relevant links at my website, www.scoggins.biz. You will also find books and Bible study resources there as well. So if you didn't get to hear one of these programs all the way through or missed one in a series, you can find it by visiting scoggins.biz. That's scoggin dot B-I-Z.